So as everybody knows, when the Trojans are winning, heads start to turn and decisions get reconsidered. So with USC now 3-0 and heading into this weekend, previously committed recruits are decommitting. Find out who? Coming up next. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you're downloading your podcast, we are free. Remember that word. We are free. And thanks for coming along for the ride. Truly appreciate you. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, appreciate me, and I appreciate you hitting that subscribe button. And if you just want to hear the voice, head on over to uh, your favorite platform, download, and then follow me on my Twitter at Mark Culkin. Right. Look, I've said it before, and uh, but it definitely bears repeating. Uh, playing defense against USC is really a pick-your-poison type of death. Um, if you drop seven or eight into the passing lanes, um, the Trojans, they're going to march down the field and run all over you. Uh, they've shown it so far. They've got 600 yards through three games, uh, on the over 600 yards on the ground through three games. So uh, you let them run their way to the end zone, the Spirit of Troy is just going to get warmed up and play fight on. It's just going to take longer for them to get there. Load up the box, and of course, Caleb Williams is going to pick and choose which receiver he wants to complete 80% of his passes against. That's what you're up against. Um, You know, again... USC, they score touchdowns and, you know, field goals are kind of, you know, the cherry on the top of the Sunday. Um, they have a very efficient offense, uh, especially when they get to the red zone. But they're going up against a team Saturday, Oregon State, that is pretty efficient on their on their own on offense. And when they get into the red zone, uh, yeah, efficiency is definitely part of their vocabulary. Uh, they're 14 for 14 uh, with their red zone opportunities. 12 of those are touchdowns. So, uh, you know, Alex Grinch was asked about uh, what he knows, what he remembers about Jonathan, Jonathan Smith, who is now Oregon State's head coach. But those two are familiar with each other when Grinch was the D.C. at Wazoo, Washington State. Jonathan Smith was a offensive coordinator at Washington. And so uh, after Wednesday's practice, Alex Grinch had the following to say. I remember not being able to stop them. As a competitor, you don't want to forget those Saturday afternoons. Uh, What Smith has done, uh, he's done it for a long time, and he believes in what he does. He has a tremendous track record, end quote. Uh, He continued, he has really recruited the right guys for a system. They play fast, they play hard, they play physical. Uh, you can tell that they're developed. And so I've got nothing but good things to say about him as a coach and certainly respect for them as a program. So uh, I guess with the Beavers feeling competent, um, you know, they've, they've started their season this year 3-0. They still remember uh, 
what they accomplished in Los Angeles last season. I know I do. I know the team does. That's still that's still around. Um, you know, I, I think Alex Grinch knows that his side of the ball uh, is going to have his hands full trying to contain a an offense that can run and pass the ball equally um, effectively. And you know, they also have a wild a wildcat quarterback that they'll throw into the fray uh, when the opportunity presents itself, like it did with their last play. Uh, of the game win against Fresno state two weeks ago. Um, Grinch, you know, he commented on that specifically, you know, that's a lot of conflict on seven guys, every single snap, and they do it with a number of different personnel groupings. So it's not, it's not as simple as saying it's, it's two back or one back or one tight end. And then you get some wildcats you have to deal with, and then you have to prepare for that. They're good at what they do, and it's a real challenge. So, look, um, in my Thursday column over on WeRSC.com, I mentioned how effective the the Trojans are, the Trojan defense is, um, when the opponent enters the red zone. I put this in my yay or nay column. So, uh, you know, the, the effectiveness of USC's defense in the red zone they're holding their opponent to 53.8 percent we'll round it up to 54 percent of the time in the red zone um that's that's how often usc's opponents have scored that is a pretty good number uh when you're when you're basically holding the opponent you know scoring half the time you're (laughs) That's going to get the job done. And, uh, you know, when, when Grinch was asked about that, he, he basically said this. It's just battling. It's not giving in. It's having an awareness about it's having an awareness about you that is like, make them run another play. Make them run or play. No magic here. Certainly, sometimes we wish there was, but give our guys credit. We've held up in some situations thus far but it's a little different animal in the red zone of this week. Uh, he's right. You know, based on the numbers, I went over the numbers in, in, on yesterday's episode. Uh, Oregon State and USC match up well against each other. This could end up being a shootout. Um, I don't see it that way. I've been on the record. I think USC, uh, they're going to go into this game maybe with a chip on their shoulder. Maybe with a maybe with an underdog mentality, and and maybe Grinch, uh, maybe I, I, maybe he's going to take that approach, and he should. Um, again, and USC has proven that they can win on home, they can win on the road. They've already done it at Stanford, um, but this one feels a little bit different, uh, you know. Almost to the point where maybe Oregon State is feeling a little disrespected. They're not ranked. Uh, this game is pitting two three and teams against each other. USC is highly ranked, and uh, for whatever reason, the game has been relegated to the Pac-12 network. So it'll be a very small, intimate crowd up there in Corvallis, approximately twenty-six thousand plus standing room, and um, all those hundreds of thousands of people. I'm sure there'll be millions watching somewhere across the country 
uh, on the Pac-12 network, if you can find it. So, um, again, maybe USC should go in there with that underdog mentality. And then you should head on over to Underdog Fantasy. This is a, a new sponsor we have. Um, they're the easiest place to spice up your college football season. They're easy to get started and easy to play while you're watching your favorite team play. So head on over to uh, Underdog Fantasy, and this is what you want to do. Um, basically, they have these over-unders. You, you pick your favorite player from your teams and and some things they're, they, they're, they want to accomplish. Uh, you go over there, you sign up. And then what you're going to do is this. You're going to sign up with my promo code locked on. One word locked on. And underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, you're going to get $100 free. Again, we love that word around here. So go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or at the Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. One word. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Sounds sounds a lot of fun. I think I'm gonna head on over and do, head on over and do that, especially if it's easy. That's what I'm all about. So at the top of the show, I mentioned USC has some recruiting news. Where I alluded to it, kind of teased it a little bit. <clears throat> well. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish received a decommitment on Thursday. And according to WeRSC.com's Scott Schrader, um, the feeling there's a feeling simmering that um, the former commitment of Elijah Page out of Pinnacle High School in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, he could likely flip to USC. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. Not going to say it's going to happen in a week. Um, I can tell you that I will be heading over to his high school to his high school game uh, Friday night to watch him and his teammate Deuce Robinson, another high end pro, uh, tight end prospect, five star that USC is uh, all over. So uh, you know there was this feeling that um, USC. This is where he was, where Elijah Page the offensive lineman who was decommitted from Notre Dame, um, you know, there was a strong feeling that you that's where he was heading. Was He was going to go to USC. And then he took his official visit to Notre Dame back in June. Well, since then, since June, uh, Notre Dame has gotten out of the gates very slowly as a team. Football, they're, you know, they struggled to one win. And if you watch that win against Cal last week, uh, the argument can be made that Cal probably should have won that game. Uh, meanwhile, uh, USC and Lincoln Riley stayed after Elijah Page, and Traveler left the uh, left the gates really quickly. In fact, I would say they left Notre Dame's Fighting Irish and their Lucky Charms in the dust. On that note, uh, again, uh, he's teammates with. Deuce, um, Deuce Robinson, five-star tight end prospect. And the there's been a very strong feeling that Deuce Robinson has been leaning to USC for a long time now. This is a package deal. We'll find out soon together. Um, 
but again, the the feeling is eventually Elijah Page is going to make his uh, make his commitment to USC public. Um, yeah, there was a dramatic pause there for a reason. You you figure it out. Um, assuming Elijah does become a Trojan, uh, he's going to be joining uh, USC's offensive line class for 2023 that already includes interior lineman four-star Micah Benuelos, interior interior offensive lineman uh, Amos Talalele, as well as another interior offensive lineman, uh, man-child beast Alani Noah. And then you also have offensive tackle prospect um, Tobias Raymond. So that gives USC, what is it? Let me do quick math. One, two, three, four, five. That would be six, and USC isn't done. Good news, huh? And here's the thing. That wasn't the only recruiting news. Um, it when, with, when Elijah Page decommitted from Notre Dame, obviously that kind of got everybody's you know wheels spinning and figuring, oh, when's he going to commit? When's he going to commit? Well, USC, USC actually did receive a commitment on Thursday. Um, Dejan Lafitte. And not to be con- con- uh, confused with Dejan Benton, uh, uh, Dejan Lafitte is listed at six foot three, two hundred and sixty pounds, and he looks like he's going to be a Russian prospect. Uh, and USC needs help like today, uh, so hopefully this hidden gem uh, he turns out well. You know the on three uh, recruit recruiting predicting machine has him had him heading to Arizona with like over 83% of the, uh, I I don't know what you call them, crystal balls that were, that were coming in, had him going on to becoming an Arizona wildcat. But he also had interest from Tennessee, Washington, Oregon state, San Diego state, Boise state, among others, USC offered a few days ago, he jumped. And, uh, I'll tell you what, he looks like, uh, just from the little film that I've seen, which is very little, um, the young man at a colony high school in Ontario, California, uh, he looks like he's going to be a player. So, look, like I mentioned at the top of the show, when USC is winning, uh, USC essentially will recruit itself. And if they're impressive, uh, if we, as we're finding out, um, other recruits who might have made a decision too soon are reconsidering those commitments. Right now is a good time to be a Trojan. If they win uh, up in Corvallis, which uh, I think everybody anticipates or is hoping for, uh, look for USC to improve to 4-0, number one, but look for recruiting momentum to continue to pick up. All right, so in this segment, uh, we're going to go over some more USC news and notes uh, heading into their game this weekend. It's not all good news. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Lincoln Riley confirmed with the media on Thursday via Zoom call that uh, Russian (laughs) Romello Height, who transferred into USC from Auburn during the offseason, he's going to miss the rest of the season. 
Uh, he had a procedure done earlier in the day or in the week on his shoulder. And more than likely, uh, he's going to he's gonna be out for the rest of the year. That's unfortunate because, as you know, I've been stressing, uh, that position was already thin uh, depth-wise. And so you, you now lose one player more than likely for the year. Now, uh, I think based on what Solomon Bird did last week, um, I think he's he's taken over that starting role, and I, I think it's at least it's assumed uh, that he'll be starting Saturday. And uh, you know Corey Foreman is improving, so this is what Riley had to say um, again during the, our Zoom call with him uh, Thursday morning after USC had their mental strain practice of the week with uh, with Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley. I feel fine uh, at, about regarding the depth of the position. Uh, this Again, this is Lincoln Riley talking. Uh, we've talked a lot about Solomon stepping up. Corey's improving. Does a lot of really good things, and I think we'll get more consistent. And we've worked hard to develop some depth. Having some of those guys out at times has allowed us to shuffle the lineup. And we've got some different skill sets on that defense that we can make work. And also, that's where having a creative defensive staff is important. Uh, because sometimes when you lose guys, you have to think outside the box. So we'll continue to evaluate the roster, get guys in the best position. If we have to adjust, we'll adjust. Uh, what Lincoln was talking about, or allude, at least alluding to there, we've seen Tuli Tuiapolotu play inside over the ball. We've seen him play defensive tackle. We've play, seen him play outside in that, I guess, what we would call seven-gap area, rush end. Um You've got Julian Simon, uh, who is obviously going to be moving up the depth chart now. You've got Solomon Tuliaupupu, a.k.a. Solo, uh, who can play rush in. He can also play inside. Again, they're going to have to get creative. There's no no two ways to look at it right now. Uh, I've warned about it. The one thing that could really derail this USC Trojan train that is looking really good and moving really fast, playing physical, are injuries at key posi- key positions that can really, really hurt this team. I don't know if uh, that p- Russian position could absorb another uh, player loss. You'll start taking linebackers and having to shuffle them down uh, one level. There's only so many players on the defensive line you can move around, right? So we'll see. Um, knock on wood. Uh, that was the last significant injury of the year. We don't want any more. So what about it, USC fans? Um, do you still feel fine going into this contest? Uh, the line has, uh, at least on betonline.net, it opened at USC minus six and a half. Um, however, apparently money is flowing in right now on Oregon State to cover that spread. Um, USC is number seven in the country. And so according to, and this was, this was tweeted out throughout the day um, on Thursday, more money has been wagered, has been wagered on Oregon state to cover the spread. Uh, now still six and a half versus number seven USC than any college football or NFL game so far this week at Caesar sports. 
Um, that's nuts. So one sportsbook has taken a $110,000 bet on Oregon State to cover, plus several five plus several other five-figure wagers uh, for the Beavers to cover uh, the spread. Not necessarily to win, just to cover. So I'm thinking this has to go back to, you know, the stuff I mentioned on yesterday's episode regarding the times USC has gone into Corvallis highly ranked. Look, uh, the, the betting public has long memories. They, they do their homework. Um, a lot of people do this for a living. <clears throat> Vegas does this for a living. So um, I, I think they're looking back as right, USC is highly ranked and they've lost a, a key player at a p- position um, they know Oregon State can score. I think everyone, is, as I talked about earlier in the show, everyone is anticipating a shootout in this game. I'm not. I still think USC is going to run away with this game. With that said, uh, the betting public, like I said, they know what's going on. And if people think that the, they should put their money in Oregon State, who am I to tell them not to? I don't think it's a smart bet. We'll see who's right when we get together the next time on Locked In, Locked On <laughs> USC, because you get me five days a week, and this is our fifth show of the week, but I'll be back again. We're going to talk about USC versus Oregon State extensively, as well as you know any other news, notes, and information that comes up, any more recruiting information. I'm going to have you covered regardless when it comes to this USC team. Football, and as we get closer to the basketball season, we're going to start talking basketball too. So this week is over. Until then, everyone, go FO.